Welcome to another Ascari cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of the Ancient Illumination Science Fiction series. And today, I'm here to talk about The Mandalorian. Now that we're finished with season two and have hopefully all of you have seen the finale for season two, which happened, uh, I believe, last Friday came out. It is now December 22nd. If you have not watched the series, uh, be aware that this will be full of spoilers. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this series as a science fiction fan, an OG uh, Star Wars fan. And I've read a lot of the novels, seen all of the movies, of course, um, delved into some of the animated series, and have read some of the comic series. wanted to give my thoughts as I loved the seasons that we were given. Uh, the series to me was phenomenal. One of the best uh, pieces of Star Wars that we have been given in recent history. Um, there's a lot of hoopla and anger over the sequel trilogy. And before that, there was a lot of anger and derision over the prequel trilogy. Um, but I did like what we were given. Um, it was a well done uh, balance of both fan service to those of us that have been able to enjoy all of the other various mediums we were given for Star Wars through Lucasfilms, LucasArts, uh, the Expanded Universe, uh, Rebels, Clone Wars, and all the other uh, Star Wars stories we were given. They paid lots of fan service. And they held true to the aesthetic that I believe was the original vision George Lucas has had, excuse me, when he created the movies, which was paying homage to both spaghetti westerns and the Akira Kurosawa, Kurosawa films, um, which had to have been material for the classes when he was at USC as a film student. Uh, they had to have looked at some of those films and you can see a lot of that in this series uh, looks like a spaghetti western you see the Mandalorian come through various towns and you see the people that inhabit those towns watch him uh, walking through the small towns or hamlets that he goes through on various planets uh, a lot of them are arid desert areas and the only thing missing really is that stereotypical uh, tuft of tumbleweed blowing across his path as he walks in um, and there, there was a plenty of fan service for people that do remember all the other things that we've been given there were lots of easter eggs dropped here and there some would say a little too much but I, I liked it it wasn't overdone they didn't beat you over the head with it and there were nuggets that if you had a keen eye you could see them. There were some that were more obvious, but a lot of them you had to really know what was being put forth for you to recognize it. And you had that fun aha moment that a lot of uh, pure fans would, would know and recognize immediately. And then you'd point them out to your friends. Um, so there were tie-ins to the other series. Um, we got uh, lots of cameos of characters from the other things. Um, that it kind of separated the fandom. If you were more of a casual, a lot of people wouldn't recognize some of the other characters they introduced in this series. 
most people I think were familiar with Boba Fett when they brought him in and we knew at a certain point um, that something was going to reel him into this series. Um, there were smart character creation with plans to market, obviously, with uh, Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. Uh, you knew those plushies were coming out. Some were saying that it was mistimed the way that they created the plushies, toys, and other things that kind of didn't coincide with the launch of the show. But I think they knew that, that people were going to gravitate to that anyway. So whether they had things line up directly with the launch, with you could say would have been a bit of a spoiler had they had these things marketed prior to the show airing um, during the first season, that would have given a lot away. So I, I think they had to kind of hold things in reserve to keep the excitement going. And then once that first initial episode debuted, everybody, of course, was gaga over uh, the child Grogu, Baby Yoda. Um, this dug slightly deeper into the lore of the Mandalorians, which we get a little bit of, uh, firstly, when we're introduced in the Attack of the Clones and we see all the clones and learn that they were taught by Mandalorians uh, to fight when they were training initially. This dug deeper into that, uh, which is probably not as deep as, as it should have gone because this was what, was supposed to be the focal point of the series anyway when you, when you title it The Mandalorian I wish they would have given us more of that lore um, it's kind of glossed over with the uh, I don't know if they're calling it a coven or the group of Mandalorians that initially uh, Din Djarin is hooked up with um, and the forger the one who makes the armor and weapons uh, with the best car that he's able to give to her. We get a little bit, but not. they don't go too deeply. Um, and, and a lot of them are killed off, of course. We have a few awesome scenes uh, where we get to see them in action all at once, which was a treat. But a lot of them are discarded early. Um, I forget the carrier, character's name, uh, voiced by Nick Nolte the I have spoken character um, but he was interesting um, it was enjoyable I liked it and I think a lot of the other people that got to see this series truly enjoyed it for what it was um, and, and, and it tied a lot of things together but it also opened up a lot of questions um, we did get a teaser at the end of the season 2 finale uh, the book of Boba and I'm not sure how I feel about that because I guess I'll have to see how it's executed when they when they uh, give that to us, which ironically is also airing around the same time as season three of The Mandalorian. There was speculation that this was going to be possibly the third season would be the Book of Boba and we would go on a tale where this could kind of be like an anthology, um, which, you know... It, it could have gone that way, I think. Um, we could have gotten the Book of Bubba and then moved on to uh, the other character uh, played by Katie Sackhoff from the uh, Rebels and Clone Wars series. We could have gone on to her tale as a Mandalorian, but she's already too tied in with this Darksaber. And there's, you know, at, of course, the end of the series here, uh, Din Djarin and uh, herself might have a conflict with the Darksaber itself so that's gonna be 
together, I believe, and not a, a spinoff that's, that's all going to be tied into the same storyline. It'll be interesting to see how they play that out, and you see that Moff Gideon has played them into a corner, basically, to have a standoff between the two Mandalorians over who has the right to wield the Darksaber um, and be Mandalore. It was interesting. It was it was a cool, cool series. Uh, the budget seemed to fluctuate um, from the earlier episodes. Uh, then it seems to get better, and then they seem to get cheaper again when you're talking about the effects and uh, CGI stuff that was used, which is a big contention uh, when I start talking about the final reveal in the finale, which I'll actually talk about in the next section where we got Luke. And I'm going to tell you who I would have preferred to see in that series because this now opens up a lot more questions than I think it answers. We did get resolutions to uh, Grogu get his send off uh, with another Jedi. So that is kind of tied up. But now, like, where do we go from here and how does the season move on in, in coming seasons without the pull of Baby Yoda? Because they did kind of tie him in every now and then and then they would kind of pull him back. You could focus more on the Mandalorian side of things without him. And I uh, just want to say that Din Djarin's a horrible babysitter because he left this kid often. And that was one of the things that kind of annoyed me was seeing how often he would just leave the kid sitting with whoever as a temporary babysitter to go off and do his thing. And there's nothing really protecting this kid uh, from something happening to him while the Mando's gone. I will be right back after a quick break to tell you about who I thought should have been the Jedi to pick up Grogu. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the Ascari cast. We are back for part two of my thoughts on the Mandalorian. And as I stated before, I thoroughly enjoyed the finale. Um, for those of you that followed along with the series, you know in the finale, uh, Grogu gets captured by Moff Gideon after uh, the Mando takes him to Tython to basically sit and meditate through the force and call out to a Jedi to be picked up and instead they were tailed there uh, Moff Gideon somehow gets the coordinates I think it was a tracker on the Razor Crest uh, and then the kid gets taken the episode at the end of the episode prior to that and so now they have to go and rescue uh, Grogu on a cruiser that Moff Gideon has. Um, like I said, it's, there's a lot going here that I loved about it. Um, of course, they they get there and fight their way through, take the ship over. Uh, Bo-Katan is now on the bridge of the ship. They get Grogu back and they are trapped by these dark troopers 
and a single X-Wing comes through. And he kind of saw that when I saw a single X-Wing, I knew it was Luke. And it was more confirmed when I saw the black cloak, the green lightsaber, and the leather glove over his hand, of course, that he lost in Empire Strikes Back and had repaired. Um, it was awesome. I, I can I can tell you that I thrilled. I was hyped. It was awesome. And I think in retrospect, I became more and more disappointed that they gave us Luke. And this seems like uh, retconning what was done in The Last Jedi to me. It was because this is what we were hoping for. All, all of us that read the books knew or at least had an assemblance of an idea of what Luke had become. And we had never had the opportunity to see how badass he became in that span of 30 something years. And this wasn't even covering that much time because this series, I believe, is like five or 10 years uh, it's during the it's during the fall of after the fall of the empire after Return of the Jedi. So the empire is kind of in shambles, and the New Republic is basically just now getting a foothold uh, in the Star Wars universe. And we know what we've read about in the books, what Luke has done uh, since then, at least in the expanded universe. We've never in live action. It's the kind of it's similar to what we see at the end of Rogue One with Vader. In live action, we've never really seen Vader do anything until that last quarter section, the last minute or so of Rogue One, where he lights his lightsaber up in the dark and goes to town. And you're like, yes, this is why everybody was scared of this dude. You had never really seen that because in A New Hope, his fight with Obi-Wan, they're both kind of old and decrepit and slow and it looks that way um and then you see him become you barely see him just become you see him put the suit on at the end of uh revenge of the sith but most of the action that vader has done up until that point really for for all the live action fans uh they don't get to see that and the end of rogue one is the first time you see vader being vader live and in color um, and it was awesome. We get a similar thing here with Luke. Um, Din Djarin tries to shut the dark uh, troopers out and gets to fight one and is basically getting his ass handed to him by one dark trooper. And then all of them reboard the cruiser. Luke shows up and you talk about a hot knife through butter is, is exactly what we see. And yes... That is awesome. Um, there was something a little funny with the CGI and Luke's face, which didn't bother me. I see a lot of internet uh, complaints about that in particular. It bothered me, but it's the time now. And we know that Mark Hamill was older. They weren't going to have Mark Hamill himself uh, stand in unless they were going to de-age him. And that, that can be real weird. There has been examples of it being done really well um, with Iron Man and uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe where it was done well. But you don't know how these things are going to go. I don't know if it would have... They really should have done, uh, I think, uh, Sebastian... Or Stan Sebastian? I'm not sure if that's the actor's name. The guy who plays Warner Soldier. It would have been a better move just to have him uh, play the role, I believe. There's been lots of pics online 
uh, with that same uh, opinion. The more interesting play to me would have been to have Mace Windu come back. That's who I think should have picked Grogu up because now there are lots of questions about what Luke has been doing all this time and why we've not heard of this Grogu character. Mace Windu would have been interesting play and there would have been less questions in regards to plot holes. You could keep the inspirational things going uh, and instead of going with the Samurai 7, uh, if we're going to stick with the 1970s uh, Japanese films and series, we could we could make this one more like uh, a lone wolf series that riffs on the Japanese uh, films from that time, where Windu would be the traveling samurai, basically, uh, with Grogu as the child he, he now has to care for. And we follow them on their journey as he trains a Force-sensitive child while trying to hide their abilities from those uh, they come across on their journeys. That, to me, would have been an awesome play. It makes more sense. Um, Mace was around for the Clone Wars. And if inserted here, would mean that he survived the Jedi Purge. Much more sense. This makes a much more coherent story. As for whatever reason, we have books that take place that have no mention of Grogu during the aftermath uh, or, or in the sequel trilogy. Um, Kylo burned Luke's Jedi Academy down, yet we never hear of another powerful force wielder that happens to be the same race as Yoda. That's kind of suspiciously missing uh, from all the things we hear about. I would have liked to have seen Mace. He gets tossed out of a window in Coruscant and loses a hand. We have seen that uh, Darth Maul was literally chopped in half, falling down a large shaft. I mean, we don't know how far down this shaft that Naboo goes, but he survived that. Um, Samuel Jackson is still around. We wouldn't have this CGI um, snafu, and we could age, you know, we don't have to age him up. We could just have him as is and put him in the in the new series or or whatever if you want to make this his own split off because now you've separated uh Grogu from the Mandalorian we can have another series with Mace runs off and trains Grogu and this I believe matches up more with him not being mentioned because what if Mace is still suspicious of what happened in the Jedi Purge and therefore deems it safer to kind of hide their abilities. They could go on in their own little adventures as the lone wolf and the young pup to uh, force sensitive samurai where Mace not only teaches Grogu how to use his abilities, but also keeps him, or at least tries to instill a sense that he needs to still kind of hide those abilities. And perhaps there's an internal conflict between the two of them because Grogu who we now have learned is basically a 50-year-old toddler who's been hiding his Force sensibilities for most of his life, doesn't want to. And so he acts out, going off and using his Force abilities, causing trouble. And when things get heavy, Mace has to kind of just give up and join him. And together, they can have every once in a while these badass scenes where the two go off using their Force abilities and 
in doing that now they have to kind of find another place to hold up because using those abilities of course alerts those beings on whatever planet in that area that we've got two potential Jedi here and they could just move on from place to place uh, and keep things similar the way they have been in the Mandalorian where we have this kind of serialized travel series where these characters move from place to place and we you know have to navigate new worlds and new characters and you can still have that fun fan service easter egg drop from all the various series but it makes more sense of why nobody has ever heard of this kid I saw someone had photoshopped a young alien of Yoda species into the Attack of the Clones movie and I, I freaked out because I, I thought at first that there was something that I had missed that I didn't notice that there was a baby Yoda with the Padawans as Obi-Wan comes to um, ask Yoda where this planet of Kamino is and wonder why he can't find it in the archives. There's a scene where there's a bunch of young Padawans with lightsabers and they have these weird uh, dome-shaped helmets on. I've seen a Photoshop picture where they had obviously put baby Yoda or, or a smaller Yoda in front of the lizard-like alien kid. I don't know if that was like a Trandoshan or a Barbarell that they had put there. But um, when I went back and looked at the film, uh, it wasn't there. So somebody photoshopped that there. So I was thinking that would have been cool had this been right in front of our eyes the whole time and we everybody had somehow just missed it. But I should have known better as most fandoms and uh, nerd society would not have missed that detail, especially something that big. Um, when they gripe about Yoda supposedly being the only one of his species, with the exception of Yaddle, of course. Um, this would have been a much better play. We could have brought Mace back, and that would have been so many happy fans. Instead, we got Luke. Why? Because I think deep down they know they messed up Luke in The Last Jedi. That was not, that was not the Luke that we should have seen. This old hermit who had basically given up and gone off to die um, the the force illusion of him being you know planets away when he wasn't even there was cool it was a cool parlor trick but it was not what we wanted we wanted that hero send off and we didn't get it and I feel like the season 2 finale was just a play to kind of satisfy those that wanted to see a badass Luke after Return of the Jedi to see how far he had come. And really, we didn't get that because that's still only a minuscule step from where he is at the end of Return of the Jedi to what we saw against the Dark Troopers in the finale. We didn't we didn't get what we wanted, and that, that's fine. Um, give, it should have given us Mace. Should have given us Mace with the... Uh, mechanical hand we could have given him a black robe same thing and when the lightsaber ignited and you see that purple blade pop out there I think people would have been just as hyped um, and there's less questions because we know and that's the other thing we already know the end of Luke's story if they're not retconning the uh, sequel trilogy we know what happens to him uh, there would be much more story to tell you could choose to do it in another series you could choose to do it in the film and I think people would be receptive to it as much as they've kind of messed things up lately. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Uh, please let me know what you think. And I will catch you next time.